This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 463 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com, Sparkling Boom, and listeners like you, our auditors. Our fascinating guest this week is Karen Risley, who broke her back just 18 months ago and thought she might not walk or ride again. Well, she just rode in an 100-mile endurance race at Old Dominion in Virginia and is going to the Tevis, the hardest endurance race in the world in a couple of months. Hear her amazing comeback story and the Horselovers.com product review of the week is the Perfect Fit Sock. Listen in. You're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show, where hosts Glenn and Helena guide you through some of the horse world's most fascinating stories. Owning and loving horses means there's always a story to tell. It may be funny, exciting, or inspiring, but it will almost always be fascinating. Join us for The Scoop each week as we tap into the stories that are woven into everything we do, at the barn, at home, and everywhere in between. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to The Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network. I am excited to learn about Perfect Fit Socks. You are? You need new socks? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know what? I just sewed a hole in my favorite boot socks. Oh. And they're socks that you and Jen got me. They have foxes on them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're a little bit thicker than your average boot sock, but I love them. They're so comfortable to wear. And I'm such a princess in the pea that if I have a sock that doesn't fit right or isn't comfortable in my boots when I'm riding, it drives me crazy. So I love the fact that there's an actual product that someone developed for the for the primary purpose of fitting perfectly. Well, we'll find out in the review, won't we? I hope so. <laughs> Chant- I'm excited. Chantel will be uh, by to, to do that with us. I have to congratulate uh, you and me, actually, both of us. We uh, Over the weekend, I was at the American... Horse Publications Conference, which is all of the journalists of the horse world belong to an association. Been around forever. And we were in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is kind of, way, uh, kind of by the way, like a little Palm Beach. It's like a mini Palm Beach in the desert. Ooh, and, but it's very swanky. horsey. Of course, that's where they have the big Arabian horse show every year that brings in like 300,000 people in Scottsdale. And it's also where they have the Barrett-Jackson car auction the biggest Barrett-Jackson car auctions in Scottsdale. So their convention center is just enormous. I I drove by it. It's just crazy. Well, we were there, and there were about 200 uh, journalists there from around the horse world. And part of what they do there, other than the sessions on how to be a better journalist and actually make money at doing what we do, is they have an award ceremony. Well, this year, for the first time, they had a podcast category. They've never had one before. Actually, I think I harassed them so much last year that they finally just gave in and did one. I think I think that's what happened. <laughs> okay. I caused too much trouble last year. But there were like 10 or 12 entries, not all ours either. Uh, they, there were other podcasts that entered. There's a few other podcasts in the horse world, mostly on the racing side. And I am very proud to say that Horse Radio Network got first, second, and third. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, horses trifecta. In, trifecta. Uh, horses in the Morning got uh, first for an episode we did with Leslie Wiley talking about her trip fox hunting in England, which was hilarious. And then, and then Horsemanship Radio, Debbie's interview with Priscilla Presley, the king's wife, got second. So we were competing here at Stable Scoop against the king's wife, which 
kind of was tough. <laughs> and then, but then we got third, and this is what they said. This I got a little judge's report. They give you like one line, you know, like in a dressage test. They give you yeah. a little judges. It said solid production value, good personalities, and audio elements. Excellent interaction with guests. Oh, I love that. And you know, I think that. That we excel that was for, at that. That was for Horses in the Morning? No, that was for Stable Scoop. That was us. <gasps> that was us. No, that's what they said about us. Oh, um, sorry, Horses in the Morning. I love you, but yay, Stable <laughs> Scoop. No, I think oh that gosh, actually we do that. We're probably the best at the interaction with guests. You know, we're, we're pretty good at that. Because we're a couple of goofballs. Yeah, that's we, right. love, <laughs> we love horse people. So yeah, good personalities. That's us. And then audio elements. And, you know, we, uh, we do work on making sure that we have good sound and all that stuff. Um, and, and, you know, so that was good. Uh, it was, um, it was interesting because on horses in the morning, I think it was the story. I actually think it was the individual cause you had to submit individual episodes Yeah. and I submitted episode 427, which can you look that up while I'm talking on ours? Yeah. That's uh, a, that's a recent one. Yeah. I submitted one. They had to be from last year. Um, 27. Yes. Oh gosh, we're already up to 460. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> three home show schedule. So, and last year was the year of the listener, so it had to be one of those episodes that we did. Where's uh, our, I have to go to our site map to do that because yeah, or you can just uh, yeah, you can just search for uh, on the website too. Here it is, 427. That was from October, and yeah, we had oh gosh, right, we had Horse Nation's Kristen Bentley. The Headless Horseman and Ice Five Boots we did. Oh, it was the Headless Horseman It was episode. Horses in History, right, yes, with Gail Stewart. Yes, yes, yes. That was a very that good one. That was a great yeah. story. I think that's why we picked that one. I know you and I talked about it, and that's why we picked that one, because it, the Headless Horseman story was good, and then and Kristen was good. So we, we just uh, picked it. But not that all the episodes aren't good, but we had to pick one. Right, right, right. We can right, only pick right. one out of the year, which is really tough. So, um, so that's cool. I was very excited about that. And, uh, we, we, uh, I was there with, uh, what, two other, well, Jamie came over from her side of the city and then, uh, we had Lisa, uh, not Lisa Waisaki. We had a couple of people there, Jean Abernathy, we've had as guest on the show before who does Fergus. Yeah. And she was there and what a trip she is. She's as funny <laughs> as when she, you know, she, you can see where the humor comes from in doing Fergus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why doesn't that surprise me? And she's this wee little thing, must weigh 80 pounds. She's so tiny she could be a jockey, which I wasn't suspecting. Actually, there's a picture of us that I post on my Facebook page, and she's standing on a chair, and we're about the same height. Um, she's a trip. We had a, we had a really good time with her. Christy from the CHA episode on, on Horses in the Morning was there. Christy Landweir, who's got the best last name ever. Yes, and she is super sweet. And of course, Debbie from, you know, Debbie Lauks. Monty's yep. daughter was there, and Debbie's just a trip too. So we had a great time. We had a really good time. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. And congratulations for being the leader of this entire horse network world. Well, horse thank you to the listeners for listening, because, you know, we wouldn't, still wouldn't be here. And the sponsors for sponsoring. It's because the listeners listen that the sponsors sponsor. So that the sponsors it's, it's, for a, sponsoring. it's a cycle, right? It's a circle. Yeah. And it's yep. because of you guys that, that we're still here. So congratulations to the whole Horse Radio Network gang and all the listeners and sponsors out there. Uh, we're very proud that uh, we, we, we were not the only ones that entered and we got first, second, third. So that was really cool. Yeah, out of more than, <laughs> more than three. Let me just That's say one thing about weather, Helena. Okay. I can see why Jamie wants to kill people that say, but it's a dry heat when they talk why is about it really Phoenix. Hot there? It was 121 the day we got, I landed. 
Oh, my God. They close the airport at 122 because the tires will get too hot on the airplanes. I cannot believe it got to be 121 degrees. Yes. I have pictures of the car thermometer thing. And let me tell you what. Anybody that says it's a dry heat, they're right. It is a dry heat. You, <clears throat> you don't sweat at all. But it's like sticking your head in an oven at 120 degrees. A convection oven if you want dry exactly. heat. It is hot. But the oh. problem is you don't sweat. So that's why they say so many people get heat stroke and stuff out there because you don't realize you are sweating. It's just evaporating immediately. So <sighs> unlike here where if it was 121, you'd have to change your shirt 17 times a day outside. Yeah. There, you don't, your shirt doesn't get wet at all, but you're losing a lot of water. <clears throat> so it was, it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was hot. How now, many days were you out there? I was out there four days. It was 105 to 120 each day, depending. That's that's a long time to be experiencing high yeah. heat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, we were inside most of the time. And it's just like in Florida. And, and a couple of the Arizona listeners warned me, bring a jacket, because inside, they're going to keep it at about 58 degrees, and you're going to freeze. And if you notice the pictures from there, if you saw some of the pictures, everybody's wearing jackets. It's yeah. because they had it about 58 degrees in there. It was freaking cold. I was going to say, so you still have to layer. So you might as well just live in New England. If you have to dress in layers. <laughs> there you go. You know, put a sweater on. We went, I went out somewhere. Oh, I went, to, I went with the kids to go see Wonder Woman yesterday. It was oh, the yeah. last day of school on Monday um, of the eighth grade. So I went with the eighth graders and we sat in these big cushy chairs and we watched Wonder Woman. But I was like, you know what? It's 70 something degrees here and humid. It's kind of hot for us anyway, in little Compton. But I said, you know, they're going to have that AC cranked up in the movie theater. So I better bring a long sleeve sweater. And I was so glad that I did. Everybody because, here, if yeah, you're going to a restaurant or anywhere in public, you, you'll see them, everybody carrying sweaters in in Florida, even though it's 100 degrees, they're all yep. carrying sweaters because inside you're freezing. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. I don't know why they keep it so cold, but they do. How'd you like the movie? Quick movie review by Helena here. Quick movie review. I loved the movie. I, I absolutely now, adored have, Are you the into first Marvel movies at all? No. Okay. Well, nope. that's good. That's interesting. All right. I'm not into Marvel movies at all. I absolutely, I don't play Xbox. I don't play <clears throat> video games. I, nothing, no gaming, no. And this is very much a video game feel Marvel movie. Well, it had moments of that. The, the first 20 minutes of the movie, I absolutely adored. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I loved the, the part when they we were love on the Marvel island. Movies. <laughs> so. I love the Amazons. I love the casting. I love the CGI. I loved everything about it. I, it started to get slow and a little heavy. Obviously they're in world war one. So things are going to be slow and heavy. Um, there were just a couple of production inconsistencies that, that made me shake my head. Otherwise I thought it was pretty good. Like the fact that every time wonder woman got into a fight, her hair was still perfectly quaffed. <laughs> you wouldn't notice that. <laughs> like she didn't even have a smudge of dirt in her face. <laughs> So I, I loved the coloring of her costume, that it wasn't like super bright. It, it definitely looked like this Didn't girl's out there. Didn't have a big there. W on the front. <laughs> right. Like it was, I thought that was really well done. But she's out here in the middle of a battlefield and she's taking on some serious heat. And she, like her, her spiral curls were still perfect. Like, come on, mess the girl up a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. I get that she's beautiful. What'd you the think of her, thing, Gal Gadot? Oh my gosh, she's ridiculously gorgeous. But I thought that Robin Wright was was re, was even prettier 
because she just seemed more real. Like she, well, first of all, she's older than me. Yay. She had this People like strong house of cards. Yeah. Some yeah. this strong, but lean muscular body. Like she looked like she could actually fight. Gal Gadot was, um, beautiful, tall. She had nice broad shoulders, but she didn't look strong. To you me. know what's the funny part of that is? What? Gal Gadot is an expert in martial arts. She's not an expert in martial arts. She was trained in the Israeli army. Yeah, but she also is a martial arts person from what I read. Okay. Well, so she has both. So she is, she does do that, actually, she, which yeah, is I'm one of the taking, reasons they picked her. I, which is great. I mean, she was, I, I, she was a good cast. She was good casting. Um, but I just wish that she was a little bit more athletic. She's the next Jennifer Lawrence. You're going to see her everywhere. Appearing. She'll be, after this movie, she's going to be everywhere. And I thought she acted pretty well. I, I, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, so, and then like the couple of the scenes in the end were got too CGI ish. I was like, but yeah, that looks like that's a baby Marvel. Movie. No, because y- y- like one scene was really good, and then the other one was like, what happened with that? Well, they- and I say it's Marvel. This wasn't a Marvel movie. This is a DC Comics movie. But DC was was real. They're, all their movies have sucked up to this point, so okay. they really were trying to mimic Marvel. Uh, that's why I kept saying it's it's Marvels, and everybody out there is yelling, "It's DC!" Yes, it's DC, but they really were trying to compete with Marvel because all their other movies have failed so miserably. So yeah. that's why I think you saw that. They, that's very. It looked very Marvel. If if you if you hadn't seen credits at the beginning, anybody that's seen them all, yeah, would think it was a Marvel movie because yep. they really were trying to copy that feel. The other thing that I wish that the storyline would have had was more of the Amazons coming through to. The regular world. So instead of just Wonder Woman coming through, um, See, I just feel like the I, story could have been more powerful with... And that dates back to the comic books because she was the only one that came through. I know she yeah. was the only one. I know that's the story. I know the one. Well, maybe we'll see them. Story. Obviously, judging by the end, there's going to be a lot more movies of Wonder Woman. Yeah, the Justice League <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So I, I, at the end of the day, I absolutely loved it. I was really entertained by it. Um, one of my favorite themes throughout the movie was how she discovered her own strength and capabilities. Mm-hmm. And you kind of amused her, you know, like when she was climbing up the tower by punching holes in the wall. I know. That was kind of funny. She's going, wow, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, rock on, sister. It was good. So I liked it. it. Was I was very glad. That they- I like that too, because now that you're saying that, she, did, she wasn't empowered from the beginning. She became empowered along the way, which is an interesting message. Correct. She, with every obstacle she faced, she had to dig into her own, her own reserves and she kept coming up with something. Now, obviously it's a movie, but I think that's a great principle for young women to, to learn. DC Comics has to be like breathing a sigh of relief now. That they yeah. got one right. Oh, man. Yeah. It, so, but you're yeah. right. It was well cast. I think that was part of the, that's part of why it worked. And and here's something that's very strange for me. I would like to watch it again. So when it comes out on the secondary market, Netflix, Amazon Prime, whatever, I will watch that movie again. And Chris Pine wasn't a bad choice to keep the women in the audience happy either. He was okay. I'm Jennifer not a fan, but Chris he was Pine. all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also been in every movie that's come out in the last three years. I know. Well, you know what? Remember when Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and that yep. whole crew was in every movie? Yep. So it's just She's the new the next Rat Pack. One. And, and Gal Gadot's going to be the new Jennifer Lawrence. We'll see her everywhere. By the way, $500 million just in the U.S. box office as of today. 
I know, and it came out June 2nd, so it's 18 days. And $150 million to make. So, so they're, they're doing all right on that one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad to hear so I, I wanted to ask if you had seen it. So uh, thanks for, for putting in your two cents there. That's fun. Well, let's take a break for Sparkle and Boom, and then we're coming back with our fascinating guest of the week. Sparkle and Boom is a marketing company catering to small and medium-sized businesses. Their goal is to add some sparkle to your marketing in order to get some boom in your bottom line. They do it by engaging your target market with an elegant style and genuine message, a message that shines a light on what's appealing, unique, better, and awesome about your business. Sparkle and Boom can help you to reach new customers with a message that is both meaningful and effective at driving new business. Click over to sparkleandboom.com for more information. That's sparkleandboom.com. Well, as I said, we have Karen. Is it Risley, Karen? Yes, that's correct. Karen Risley on with us as she's our fascinating guest of the week. And Karen, you're an endurance rider, right? That's right. And how long have you been doing endurance? I've only been doing endurance for about three and a half years as far as uh, with a particular club, but I was doing endurance when I was a child and didn't even realize it. Why is that? Um, well, when I was about nine years old, I was an only child and I got my first horse and uh, we had a cottage that was about 50 miles away from our home and we didn't have a horse trailer. So I just told my dad that I'd ride to the lake. <laughs> And he said, well, what do you mean that you'd ride to the lake? And I said, well, I know how to get there, so I'll just ride to the lake. So I hopped on my horse, and uh, he checked on me every few hours, and it was about 48 miles, and I I made it there to the uh, to the lake and kept my horse there during the summer. And then in the fall, I'd ride him back. I grew up in the mountains of upstate New York, so when Labor Day rolled around and everything shut up, I just rode him back, and I didn't think a thing about it, and then... Got busy with my life, got busy with raising children and being a real estate broker and doing all sorts of things. And uh, then I got a crazy little mare that I, I take in horses that nobody else wants. And this horse had tried to kill about five people. And uh, she just wanted to get down the trail. So I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do with this horse? Uh, was it an Arab? Know, I want to send was it, it an Arab? Karen? No, she was actually a, uh, a Morgan cross. I oh. had her DNA done because they thought she was a Mustang. Well, she was sold as a Mustang, but there really is no such thing as a Mustang. So I had her DNA done and she came back uh, Morgan back to Connemara pony and old Spanish blood. And uh, so I looked into, I had another friend doing endurance. And so I decided to look into that and, uh, she wanted me to go on uh, what they call one of their fun rides, which is like a 10-mile ride. And I talked to the ride manager, who is actually local here in the Ocala area. And I said, well, I'll just go ahead and sign up for one of the 25-mile rides. And uh, so I did, and we both got hooked, my horse and, uh, and myself. So in the meantime, I went out and I did get another uh, an Arabian. And uh, so that's how it started for me. And I got... Uh, I do 50s now. I don't. I don't do 25s anymore. But I just absolutely love the sport and have had a lot of fun. That little mare introduced me to something that I wish I had done many years ago. And then uh, a year and a half ago, I was on my Arabian over on the Greenway, and I was in a group of people, which he hadn't been with many groups, and I didn't realize that he was very attached to the horses in front of me. 
And I was helping a lady behind me, and the horses took off down the road at a canter. And when I turned back around to let him go forward, he started bucking, and he ended up bucking me off and broke my back uh, right in the center of my back. Um, I was riding with a, a trauma nurse at the time and a, a fire captain. Really? And, of course, yeah, couldn't have been in better company. And when I landed, I knew that I had broke something because I felt it break, but I, I wasn't sure what. And uh, we were about four miles out from the trailhead. So I just started with my toes self-assessing. And, of course, my two friends that were nurse and paramedic were like, don't move. We're going to have you airlifted. And I'm thinking dollar signs. And I said, no, no, you know, I'll, I think I think it's just a rib. Well, they had some vet tape, so they wrapped me up from my my uh, shoulders down to my hips, and uh, they didn't want me to get up. So I stood up, and it was very deep sand, and I started walking, and I thought, well, this is silly. I've got a perfectly good horse here. Why am I walking? And uh, we you called the Greenway didn't. Authority. I did. So we called the Greenway Authority, but they wouldn't come and pick me up because I was hurt. They'll only come and pick you up if you're not hurt because that's, you know, the liability issues that are going on today. So I walked up to the top of the hill and there was an old, there's an old uh, drinking fountain there that's made out of rocks. And, uh, cause they said, well, how are you going to get back on them? I said, cause I'm going to ride the horse out. I mean, I have a good horse with, with, uh, legs a lot easier to walk out than me. So I, I did, I climbed back up on him and he knew something was wrong cause I was very stiff. And uh, we got back to the trailhead, and I had called my husband, who thought I was, he was just taking me back to my trailer. And I said, no, I think we better go to the hospital. I'm pretty sure I broke a rib. But when I got to the hospital, they kept me in the hospital for almost six days because I had not only broke my back, but the rib. And they were also afraid that it was going to sever my spinal cord. So, okay, so, so how much pain were you in during this ride back? It had to be pretty bad. It, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bad. Um, I lived with a, a lot of pain on a day to day basis, so I guess it was um, just not really registering, you know, how much pain there was there. Well, shock a little and, bit too. Uh, Your body was yeah compensating. I'm, 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 I'm sure it was that. So I had a very good neurosurgeon who I won't mention by name, but she told me that I could not ride for you know two to three years, and I had to wear a brace. So that I would be immobile. Well, I think I lasted in the brace about six weeks, and uh, I did. I did wait six months before I got back on a horse again. I, I did. I waited six months, and um, then I started training again for endurance riding. And uh, so I broke my back. I think it was December twenty third of twenty fifteen. So the end of 2015. So I waited until June of 2016 and I started doing endurance again. I started training and I did my first ride in, in September. And right now I'm sitting, I'm number two in, in Florida right now, number one in points, uh, number two in my weight division and number one in points in Florida. So I figured the next step needs to, I need to go to Tevis this year with my horse. So I am going to Tevis to do the one day 100 in California later this summer. 
All right, we'll get to that. I'm going to talk to you about that because uh, that, that's obviously the you know one of the hardest rides in the world. But I'll talk to you about that. But so, did the doctors were advised? You got on in six months. Were they advising you against that? I'm assuming. Uh, yes, they. Uh, I'm also a posse member with the Lake County Sheriff's Office, and I uh, haven't been able to uh, rejoin them because they wanted a doctor's note. But the surgeons told me that I, I should not get back on a horse for at least two years. What was that first ride like when you did? It was fabulous. I couldn't wait to be back in the saddle. Were you still you know, in a lot of, of pain at that point? Little... Were you still in a lot no, of pain? No, no, I okay. actually was not. I, I, I actually was not. Um, I had started doing strengthening exercises. Um, I, I was in the brace. I was supposed to be in the brace until fall. But I actually took the brace off in about six weeks. Of course you did. And my friends, <laughs> of course I did. Yeah. When I went back to the doctor, my friends go, well, you're going to wear the brace when you go back into the, to the uh, neurosurgeon, right? And I said, no, I'm not going to wear that brace. I'm going to tell her that I can't even, I can't even function with the thing on. Um, so I went back in and she was not very pleased with me. But I told her that I was getting worse cramps in my back and shoulders from from it being, I guess, so straight, because it was all the way from my shoulders down to below my tailbone. And uh, so, I, you know, I just told her that I, I just could not wear it. So I think she kind of washed her hands of me. But Like they do most um, horse people that are in the hospital. Uh, none, exactly. None of us listen. <laughs> no, we just don't listen. It's just, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I believe that uh, if, you, you have to listen to your own body and be uh, proactive for your own for your own health care because I do believe that if I'd been into the in that brace until fall like they'd wanted that I would have little to no mobility and I don't believe that I would have been back in the saddle at all. So let's review. Eighteen months ago or thereabouts, you uh, you break your back while riding on a trail ride, and here you are talking about going to Tevis. Now I assume you have not been to. This will be your first trip to Tevis. That's right. Yep. First and first trip. We cut. Co- we've covered Tevis for the last eight years now here on the Horse Radio Network, and of course Karen Chatton, who's my host of the endurance episode we do, has ridden it I think five or six times now. Finished every time too. Um, so That's we, awesome. we know what goes into Tevis and we interview them every year. And this year they're actually having to change the route a little bit because of snowpack. That's right. Yeah. But so why do you, let me ask you a tough question. Why do you think you're ready now for Tevis? I mean, health wise and otherwise. I am a very determined individual. I have a great horse and I live for the challenge. Um, I don't think I'm taking an undue risk. Um, I take really good care of myself as far as my health, as far as my strength. Um, I'm, I'm, what am I? I'm going to be 57 this coming year, but I take really good care of myself. Um, I believe in doing things every day that you can do. I believe in getting out there and live every day that you can live. I kayak, I hike, I horseback ride. I still ride and train horses. I'm a real estate broker full time. I go full bore all the time because we don't know when the good Lord's going to take us away. So um, there's no time like the present. 
I get that. And I, I think probably younger people, you know, don't. But at being 55 now, I was at the point a couple of years ago, I said, okay, those things on my bucket list, we're going to start crossing them off today. And we've been kind of doing that. Uh, because you do you do realize that that bucket list, you, you got to get to it. <laughs> uh, I've been like that my whole life. Uh, I lived overseas. Uh, my, my father was an IBMer and I grew up in in Europe and, and then in upstate New York. And I don't know if it was being an only child or traveling, but I have wanderlust and I have, I've always been one of those people that don't put it off what you can do today, just get it done. Um, I mean, if I see it in front of me and, and want to do it, you know, zip lining, whatever. The only thing I haven't done, I think yet is jump out of an airplane and maybe I'll do that too. Uh, maybe I'll do it on a horse. Well, now I'm supposed to ask you, an inside little birdie told me to ask you about being a carny in Myrtle Beach. Ha, 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 that funny. <laughs> so what's that about? <laughs> oh, when I, was, when I was a young kid, I ran away from home. And I ended up in um, Myrtle Beach. And I had a fake ID. And I worked in the in a restaurant in the morning. I worked, I went to Shoney's and worked in the morning for the breakfast shift. Then I went to the carnival was on the, on Myrtle beach at that time with the big old boardwalk. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, not the boardwalk, the big old wooden roller coasters and all. Yep. And there was a, a, a game in there that, um, where you had to ring toss. And if you got the rings, on the thing, you got this giant lion. Well, of course, they're all rigged. Right. The ring is not as big as the thing. So I got paid $10 an hour back in 1976, I believe it was, to carry around that lion and say that I'd won it at this particular <laughs> You were a <laughs> shill. <laughs> I was a shill. So then a lot of people would just give me money to play the stupid game, which, of course, I never... I never, you had to ring like three of them to get the lion. So I carried around the lion all day, rode the carnival ride for free and slept <laughs> on the beach and then went to work in the evening. Oh my God. So I know. Now you how old were you? Side. How old were you? I was 15. Oh, wow. You get arrested today for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, kid. you could. <laughs> Things you we did back then. make a fake ID out of a mimeograph machine either. No, no, you're not going to be doing that today either. <laughs> God, things were different back then. Well, that's fantastic. I am so glad that uh, your recovery's been so good and that you're heading out to Tevis. What a what a amazing thing you're going to experience out there, an amazing ride you're going to do. Uh, you know, if, if people want to learn more about that, just head on over to horsesinthemorning.com and put search for Tevis, and you'll see all the episodes we've done on it over the years. Uh, it, it's uh, it's something that I wish you the best of luck at and, and uh, go out there and kick 100 miles worth of butt. Well, thanks, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Up next, my favorite segment of Stable Scoop, it's Tack and Habit, sponsored by Horselovers.com. This week, our reviewer is Chantelle Mallinson, and she's going to talk to us about the Noble Outfitters Ladies Perfect Fit Sock Over the Calf. Solid. Calf sock. <laughs> Fit sock over the calf sock. So, Glenn, can you please just pick a product that has two words in it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> We've had these long ones lately. <laughs> it's basically a tall sock by Noble Outfitters, who we know and love, and uh, of course, 
the title is Perfect Fit, so I'm eager to find out just how perfect this fit is. Hi, Chantel. Welcome back to Sable Scoop. Hi, Helena. Hi, Glenn. How are you? We're good. So I'm a sock aficionado, and you get to try these really comfy-looking, cool socks. Let's just go right to the meat of this situation. Did you like them? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did. I do. I'm actually wearing them right now. <laughs> there uh, you go. They are... <laughs> exactly. And that's it. The review is over. Um, I've worn them uh, quite a few times. I've worn them to ride. I've worn them, um, you know, all day just, you know, under with sneakers, that kind of thing to work and and the like. Um, I would consider them a pretty much a perfect fit, at least for me. Um, I'm actually, I'm, uh, these are the tallest boot socks that I think I have ever worn. Um, I usually don't find boot socks that actually go up to behind my knee. Um, it's not like I'm really excessively tall or anything. I'm like five, eight, but I think I have pretty long cannon bones and these, um, these really, you know, they do stretch all the way up to the, to the back of my knee and they stay there all day. They, they never, you know, find their way down around your ankles or anything like that. That's, that's nice. Now, what is the footbed like? Is it, it looks kind of cushy and Uh, and is it, is it cool? You know, tell, what what do your feet feel like when they're in these? Because sometimes, you know, you put a sock on and it's like, all right, it's just, it's a covering on my foot. And other times you actually feel like your foot's getting a little love. Um, yeah, they are. They're really supportive, actually. Um, I They are meant to be a, um, uh, like with a, when I read the thing, it said something like a moisture wicking, um, which I don't know for a fact. They definitely kept my feet cool. Um, and I've been wearing them a couple times, you know, through June. Um, and I think I received them like mid-May. Um, so they definitely keep my feet cool, but I'm, it's not like I'm feeling like a cool breeze through my toes. Uh, but they do have um, padding under, especially like under the ball of your foot, under your heel. Um, and then they're in between, like in the arch, there's more of a um, an elastic support almost support bands, maybe they're, they are in between. Um, they really keep your feet from getting tired, actually. Um, that I really liked. I think I have pretty flat feet and I do work, um, you know, work on my feet a lot, um, stand up a lot. And so, you know, during the course of a day and, uh, they really do compared to most socks. I've never had socks that, you know, uh, keep my feet, uh, from getting tired. That makes that, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yes, it absolutely does make sense. It it really does. And, mm-hmm. and, um, so what color did you get? You got Navy. I got Navy. Yes. The, the bottom, you know, the, the heel cup area and the toe is black. The rest of it is a very dark Navy. They do have like a noble outfitters, uh, logo on the side of the cast. Um, okay. but it's pretty, you know, it, it's not really, you know, crazy out there or anything like that. You mean they didn't send you Flamingo? (laughs) They did not. I think I got my choice and I preferred something a little bit more to date than that. (laughs) They come in Flamingo, Purple, Navy, and Island Blue. I love the purple. Mm. It's so much fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Flamingo does is kind of the pink of a flamingo. I gotta say, it's it's very pink. Yeah. Well, I like, I really like the fact that they have the thin calf with the supportive foot and price for $12.95. I mean, that's a pretty good deal for a pair of socks that are really going to make you smile. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not one to spend a lot of money on socks, but I think these are definitely worth it. 
um, yeah. you know, to have buy a few pair to have around. I definitely, I will go out and actually um, buy a couple um, for myself. Twelve ninety five wow. horselovers.com. That's not bad at all. And you do get your mm-hmm. choice of all of those wonderful colors. You can get yourself a six pack, one of each. <laughs> you know, you're going on a vacation to the islands, aren't you, Helena? You should you should have the pink flamingo ones for that trip. Yeah, but where the island I'm going to doesn't require socks. Oh, okay. I think it's bare feet and flip-flops. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you, Chantel. We really appreciate it. And thank you again for being an auditor and a listener. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. Well, um, socks. All right. So I always need more socks. I'll have to get some more socks. <laughs> If you, your if wife you want, I can order you some socks, okay? Just let your, me know. Your wife has a problem <laughs> buying saddle pads. I have a problem buying oh, socks. Oh, you should see the number of socks she has. Millions. <laughs> see, this is why we get along. I like saddle pads, too. <laughs> she likes socks, too. Anyway, um, but I do feel like I should give our listeners an update on the Brody situation. Yeah, now you posted kind of something in the auditor room, but I was gone, so I didn't really have a chance to catch up. Well, Brody's been a pretty hardy, easy keeper for quite a long time. And a couple of weeks before we left Nora's, maybe a week or two before we left Nora's to come back home, I noticed that he was being really pluggy. Uh, it, it took a lot of spur to get him to, to go forward, but but he did so. And then one day he was being a real punk and dunk, ducking out on me over little cross rails. So it, it, um, we discovered that he, he must, it must have been a shoe problem. Thanks to Jamie Jennings, who said, check his feet. And we, and you know, sure enough, he had a missing shoe. So we think he might've pulled or loosened the shoe that day. He was having a problem jumping. Now we had the shoe put back on and he seemed better. Um, he seemed actually a lot better. And then I thought, well, he's still not quite as forward as Brody usually is. And I thought, well, That could be a whole bunch of reasons. The weather's starting to warm up. Uh, He's getting worked pretty hard now. Maybe he's just a little pluggy. And then we got him home, and his energy level just kind of fell off the charts. And I thought maybe it was because we have a grassy environment at home and that his allergies were acting up again. When I first got him, he had allergies, and we had to medicate him. We we put him on trihis, which is kind of like a generic, you know, antihistamine. But the last couple of years, he hasn't needed it because I felt like his, his body, his respiratory system had adjusted to the flora around here, right? So he got used to the grass basically. So I thought, well, he, he's been away for a couple months. Maybe he needs to readjust to all this grass. And then we had the vet out to do vaccines and a dental. And vaccine combinations are the same as what we've always been using. The only thing that was different was Brody had a sedative. He's, as long as I've known him in five years, he's not had a sedative in my care. So we started out with a small dose, half a mil of Dermosidan, which is standard operating procedure. And it got him pretty drunk. So, you know, compare this to Zeke, my little quarter horse, who can take, (laughs) who can, he can hold his booze. Uh, it took a lot of juice to get Zeke to relax. Brody was clearly the opposite. But after a couple of hours when he should have bounced back from the sedative and he didn't, I started to get really worried. And I called the vet and he said, um, he said, take his temperature. 
which stupid me, I don't know why I didn't think to do that right away. I think I just, I noticed something about Brody's behavior and immediately went to, all right, call the vet. He was just here. Maybe he hasn't gone too far. The poor horse's temperature was 104.5, which is really high. (laughs) Really high. Now, the funny thing is, is I had lifted his lips up because I wanted to see, you know, his capillary refill rate to see whether or not his gums were pink or pale. So I lifted his lips up and I was like, oh, they're nice and pink. They're not pale. (laughs) Duh. They were pink because he was hot. They were really pink. Like they were excessively pink, but I was looking for paleness. So the pinkness didn't really register to my mind. So I didn't think take his temperature. Anyway, uh, I gave him some banamine and a couple hours later, uh, the temp had come back down to about a hundred, a hundred. 100.5. So the vet was like, you know what? Let's let's watch him. Take his temperature again in a couple hours or in the morning. And if it's still not down, give him another dose of banamine and let's just keep taking his temp. So I did. And thankfully, his temperature was back down to normal the next morning. And it stayed down in a, a normal range for the rest of that day. And then his appetite came back. But we had a moment there where after the high temp, he hadn't passed any manure but that was probably because he hadn't really been eating. Um, he was so hot that he wasn't hungry. Poor boy. And we still don't know what... I was going to ask you. The high... No. Initially, the vet thought that um, it could have been some sort of dormant tick-borne illness that the stress of the dental, the sedative, and the vaccines had caused to flare up. Um, but I talked to him yesterday, and... I said, you know, Brody's personality is back. I haven't put him under saddle again because I'm afraid. <laughs> I want to make sure he's really, he's really back to himself before I, I ask him to do any kind of work. But I said his appetite is way back. He greets me with a great big knicker every morning. He's standing at the, the back gate looking for me at 6 a.m. So I said, you know, his personality is back. Um, and then the vet thought, well, maybe it was a reaction to the vaccines. Because he, if, if he had some kind of underlying tick-borne problem or some other kind of infectious thing going on, um, he'd still be a little off. Yeah, because that would last longer. Right. Yeah, so it'd last weeks. The, yeah. the next test will be get on him, see how forward he is, what we can get him to do. And if he's still sluggish, um, perhaps have the vet come back and run some blood tests and see if we can't. Maybe he ate a, a bug. bug. Maybe he ate a bug. Made some bad grass. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, you know, I guess horses like us, we just sometimes we just don't feel good. Yeah, but 104.5 yeah, that's is pretty high. That's something that he didn't have an abscess, right, on his foot? Nope. Oh. Nope. Feet were fine. Everything else <clears throat> about this horse was rock salad healthy. Didn't that drive you crazy? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. What's what's the problem? crazy. You know, Jen brought up a good point though. It could have been, well, it might've been the same vaccine. The brand could have been different, you know, the carrier. Mm, right. So who knows? Right. And the horses do have reactions from vaccines and it does include fever. So that, that's probably makes more sense than anything. Right. Yeah. Well, as long as he's better. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> that stuff does that's worry true. the heck out of you though. Oh my God. It's like, have, it's like watching your toddler have a fever. I, it's the same thing. You feel so bad for them. So bad. But the other thing, too, is I'm kind of a pro- proponent of let the fever do its job. 
Fever is the body's right. the immune system's way of fighting whatever pathogen is in it. And, you know, sometimes with children, we're so quick to give them the Motrin or to bring that fever down. Um, you know, I usually wait until the fever is pretty, pretty high and my kid's uncomfortable. And then we bring the fever down to you know, make the kid comfortable. But this was so high, it was no question. It was like, psh, just get it done, bring it down. Well, and, you know, Dr. Wendy always says, too, even with humans, she says, when you get diarrhea, you yeah. don't take Imodium. Yeah. Let it, it play out. Exactly. Your body's but you know trying what? to get rid of that. That's really tough when you have things planned and you're trying to get stuff done. Uh, well, it depends on how long it's going. Exactly. <laughs> it depends on how long it's going on. If you're too. going on a flight that day, you probably want to take some Imodium. <laughs> you probably shouldn't be going on a flight. <laughs> Uh, we've always had those inconvenient times. So that's easy to say, Dr. Wendy. If you're home and you're going to be home for the next 24 hours, yeah, you can do that. Right. <laughs> but, but that's kind of what you're saying, right? Let the fever do what it's supposed to do. Let the fever do yeah. what it's supposed to I think that may be why it, um, you know, he, he actually recovered as quickly as he did is because the fever kicked out, whatever. <laughs> I like that's kind of what I'm this is my theory. This is my my armchair veterinary theory. Um, you know, uh the fever did its job. Whatever underlying pathogen was in his body before the vaccines, that the vaccines brought on the fever and the fever killed whatever was in there. Well, good. Let's hope he's better. I know. Cross uh, your fingers. Yes. And then you get the vet bill. So Jennifer's got the same thing. She got stuff going with, still has, is fighting with Nigel's feet. So the vet's coming out to do x-rays and find out what's going on there. So, Yep, yeah. we chatted about that. Yeah, yeah. Was, you know, whenever something serious goes on, we connect. <laughs> I got the Nigel issue. She horses, got the uh, issue. Horses just will find anything. They just find anything. Any reason. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, was it? Somebody in the auditor's group said horses are basically just four feet looking for a way to kill themselves. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So true. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, today. We really appreciate it. We'll be back again next week with another fascinating story. You can find uh, Helena's shows at where? Uh, You can go to thatnewportshow.com. Or if you're into boats, you can go to aroundthebuoy.com. Those are the two podcasts on the Sparkling Boom Podcast Network. I know you're going to a big boat show tomorrow, so uh, we'll have to hear about that a little bit next week. Oh, my gosh, yes. Multi-million dollar luxury mega yachts. Take pictures, lots of pictures. Get lots of selfies. Do lots of selfies. I will. Okay. (laughs) With all the wood paneling and the big steering wheels. Are oh, they called yeah. something else on a yacht, the big steering wheels? Is it a steering these wheel? Are the ones, these are the ones that, like, helicopters can land on. Oh, definitely get lots of selfies. I wanna, okay. I want to see lots of Facebook posts. Okay. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, don't forget you can get our app, iOS or Android. It's free, and it's easy to download. And you can just just uh, go over to your app store and uh, search for Horse Radio Network. All the 13 shows that we have are on there. There will be another show coming out here shortly. We'll tell you all about uh, in the next couple of weeks when that's ready to go. Uh, all right, thank you, Helena. Thank you, Glenn. That's it for this week. But, you know, there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.